These are Bora Voices. Hi, my name is uh, Carlos DeLeon. And I'm Miles Fink. And uh, we are the two funky little people in charge of the podcast here. Um, I think this is episode 27. It was supposed to be 28, but we have some funky technical difficulties. Hopefully that other episode will get out soon, but yeah, until we, then... We currently kind of have a, a lost episode situation. So, um, hopefully uh, our listeners won't mind a slightly outdated episode. There's still cool stuff in there. If you missed um, a lot of stuff revolving around Christmas, and especially concerts and the music program during that time, there's some fun stuff for you there. But it is a little bit outdated, um, so... But it still has some cool stuff. Um, this episode, however, um, was really formed in the heat of like competition. We have we had a lot of competition, um, both in basketball, in the music department, in cheer, um, and on top of that, we kind of uh, gave back to uh, the library. Yeah, I wasn't there for the, the library cleaning. How was that? It went really well. So basically, what we did is, um, well, the library hosted us, and the librarians are the best. We love them. And so in a way of like giving back, we, me and like a surplus of people, I, I got too many people, um, but we basically just doused um, the bricks that we have here in this vinegar water, half vinegar, half um, water. And uh, after that, we let it sit for about two minutes and then scrubbed it down. Then we sponged it and it went really well. We cleaned almost the entire, um, entire like right wall where the bricks are and it's a noticeable difference. It's, it looks a lot better now. Right, I mean, the host, the, the library has been hosting the podcast since its inception, but yeah. even before us, so it's it's good to recognize that, and, you know, if any future podcast members or if the podcast club uh, ends up growing as much as we want it to, it, it's a good idea to collaborate with librarians and with the people who help run this club. Um, but so we do have some snippets of um, people we interviewed, just like, hey, what's happening? Um, and those are very casual. It was a very casual event. We got some like uh, some uh, uh, non-casual stuff too. Like we got District Three coming up and like cheer, right? Well, the cheer competition happened, but District Three Solo Ensemble Festival for the music department is uh, coming up at the, the day, of this, day of this recording. Day of this recording, it'll be, it'll be coming up. up. Um, by the time this is out, it would have happened. But on top of that, we do have this um, really cool segment that one of our sophomores, Sloan, came up with in which we just got two two varsity debate people and gave them a topic five minutes before we recorded and then they debated. Yeah, let let them run wild because debate debate tournament also is a thing. Yeah, and um, at the recording of this, there is um, national qualifiers coming up. Ooh, okay. Very, very... Very fun for debate people. By right. the time this will come, this comes out, it'll probably be resolved. But hey, until then, hey, it, it's cool stuff. Join debate. Ugh, join debate. Any sophomores listening, join debate. It's very fun. But on top of that, we do have an interview with um, one of our cheerleaders, um, Claire Warnock, and she just really talks about how cheer is scored because a lot of people know that cheer competes, just not really how you win. Yeah, and knowing the spec, you know, like the different rules of something can enhance you know, watching it or understanding it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, cheer, too. Like, I don't know. They could always use more members. And give, giving, having a podcast be a platform for other club members and other activities is something I really want to strive for. Too. Oh, yeah, of course. So trying to make moves towards that direction and talking about competitions and, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And really to wrap it all up, um, 
we have just some snippets from a debate tournament that uh, one of our sophomores went to. And basically, they just ran around saying, hey, what's your favorite yogurt? And just we, we have some, it's really, again, just more some casual interviews with some, uh, both uh, Mr. Drobny, uh, the debate coach, and uh, a bunch of the people on the debate team. All right. Yeah, so coming up, we got uh, some of that. We have District 3 interviews, right? Yeah. Uh, we have uh, the, the whole debate thing, uh, the, the, the no preparation debate on... It was so much fun. Yeah, it seems very, very interesting. So uh, stay tuned, and these are Bora Voices. All right. Hello. My name is Tommy Schmelzenbach. I am a music supervisor with the Podcast Club, and I'm here with Sydney Gordon to talk about Allstate. Now, that happened about a month ago now, and I just wanted to ask, what is Allstate, Sydney? Allstate is basically a big group of musicians from all over Idaho, and basically they all audition through the IMEA board and send in audition tapes, and then if you get in, you get to go to a couple days long sort of conference deal where you run through music and just kind of get to play in an environment with really good musicians. And how do you get into Allstate with all these musicians? Basically, you go onto the IMEA Musician website and you look at the audition music and you print that out and you practice all that. and. Once you get good at it, you record it in a good environment where you can get a good recording and send it in to the musician judge people where they will decide if you're good or not. That's really cool. And were you in Allstate this year? I was actually in the Allstate Jazz Band, which had like 20 or so people. So, yeah. That's really cool. All right. Thank you so much, Sydney. All right, hi, I'm Tommy Schmelzenbach, and again, I'm back with another student, Owen. Um, Owen participated in Solo Ensemble, and he's going to tell us about that. All right, Owen, what is Solo Ensemble Festival? All right, so Solo Ensemble Festival is where all of the individuals and groups from our district, I think it's called District 3, come together and perform a prepared piece. So we had some some quartets, we had a string quartet and a saxophone quartet, and then all of the individual performances. And they get to compete and get some judge feedback and possibly make it to the state competition. And do you have to be a certain skill level to do Solo Ensemble Festival? Definitely not. Uh, you can you can enter Solo Ensemble Festival with skill level um, of any kind, whether you've been playing your instrument for a couple months or you know a couple years. I know that there was one person, a fellow alto saxophone player, that won fourth place in an international competition, and and he was he was there as well, getting judge feedback and trying to make it to the state competition. So yeah, anybody of any skill level can can compete. And how do you join? How do you how do you go into Solo Ensemble Festival? Um, all of the music teachers have a sheet that they're they emailed uh, a couple months prior, and you can just go up to one of those. 
and um, and they'll give you the sheet, and then I think it's a $10 sign-up fee, and you just put what piece you're playing, and your name, and your grade level, I think, and then whether it might um, qualify for the state competition, and then just send it in and pay the $10, and you're just good to go. All right. Thank you so much, Owen. Uh, we're going to go back to podcast. <laughs> Now, find a new rival. Hi, I am Carlos Delion with the Boy Podcast, and I'm here with Claire Warnock, the newest member of the podcast that we may or may not fully into joining, but, you know, that doesn't matter. It's semantics or something, I don't know. Anyhow, um... Claire is here to talk about cheer, speci- specifically when it comes to like competition. As I understand that you had your competition like last weekend, last Saturday. Yes, last Saturday. Exactly. It's competition season for like everything. So, tell us a little about yourself. Who am I interviewing? Um. Well, like you said, I'm Claire Warnock, and uh, I am a cheerleader on the Bourne Varsity Cheer Team. And um, I also play the band with Carlos. I'm Now in podcast club, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) let's go. Yeah, Um, but yeah, mostly cheering band are my life, but competition season for cheer has been crazy, so I'm mostly focusing on that right now. Yeah, I'm her brother's biggest fan as well. (laughs) Um, We stan, we we stan Claire's brother here. Anyhow, um, so how exactly is cheer scored? It's because um, I, at least I'm classified as like, Performing arts are scored differently across everywhere, and so much is subjective. Anyhow, how is the point system distributed? How are points? How do you get points? Um, so, with cheer competitions in Idaho, it's actually really different compared to other competitions in other states for high school cheer. Um, usually, like for in gymnastics, for example, if someone falls off the beam, they get points taken off, or um, they get points for doing difficult. Um, Skills, it's the same in cheer, but um, it can be more dangerous because you are not deducted points if you drop a stunt, per se, which is when you are throwing someone in the air or flying them. But in the state of Idaho, we haven't like adopt- adopted that deduction system. Um, the only deductions that are taken off uh, for us is if you're showing shoulders or midriff, if you are, um, if you step on a sign or a pom-pom, that's basically, oh, and having hair too long, that's basically the only deductions you get taken really? off. Really? Um, or if you were to step off the floor during competition. Um, so there's like a set area in which you need to be. Yes, there are, it's huge mats that you're on, and once you step on that floor for competition, you cannot step off until your routine is done, otherwise you will be taken off points. Um, you also may get taken off points if your flyer hits the ground. So, um, if you perform a stunt and you drop her, but you catch her, no points are taken off. But if she hits the, he or she, they were actually the guys flying. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. But if she hits the ground, then you get points taken off. Um, so the way um, our coach uh, does it, Mariah Ibarra, she doesn't want us performing dangerous things that we can't do. Um, the other school we're doing, for Nampa, for example, in Hawaii, um, there are the biggest competitions anybody, any school in Boise 
or Idaho or anything has. Because, yeah, Nam's not Boise. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> um, because they perform things that are extremely difficult um, that test the cheerleaders' abilities um, enough that they're extremely dangerous because they don't always hit them and they put their little stunting at risk. But the way Mariah does it is she doesn't want to kill us. So, Amen. Whether the stunt hits, if you perform something super difficult and it doesn't hit, you still get points for performing that difficult thing. But because we didn't perform extremely difficult things, we didn't get as much points for that. So really, yes, but we did like survive with no injuries on the yeah. team. So I'm guessing this is like choreographed, right? Yes. Um, uh, are you a performance done to music traditionally, or do you just throw people in the air? Uh, I'm also aware that you chant and you yes. have the crowd chant back. Uh, I believe points are that too, yes. um, as I think you mentioned a little bit in class. So how does that like, choreography work? Choreography? choreography. <laughs> um, so it's kind of um, similar to dance in a way, the way uh, we have things choreographed. There are three categories um, at trip competitions. There's palm, sideline, and show. Uh, sideline, there is generally no music. That is all chanting, all um, just competition so you have different like routines, I guess, per thing. Yes. So, so, you, so you have like three routines. Three routines. All right, all right. Yeah. Um, palm is generally with music, and it's more fast-paced, and its um, the category is scored on sharpness with motions. So palm, there's like no stunting, there's no chanting usually, and sometimes you can throw it in there. But it's mostly mostly motions, um, dancing. Palm is my <laughs> Sideline is like chanting and then you do a couple stunts in there. Uh, for example, I had a cheerleader on standing on my shoulders at competition. Uh, we were the only school to have shoulder stands. Mm -hmm. So I would like hold a girl on my shoulders by myself. Let's go boy. Um, but she's she pretty cool. Yeah. And in show, that's the longer um, routine. It's about like two and a half minutes long, which is considered long for us. But we go on the floor and usually it starts with a cheer and a chant and then it transitions into music so you have a little bit of both in show. Um, show is kind of like make or break it really because um, there's basket tosses which are you're more throwing the flyer and then there's like stunts where you're just you know putting her up in the air and you're not actually throwing her. Um, there's dancing at the end, there's chants at the beginning like flags. It's shows a lot, but yeah, those are mostly the three categories, and get scored depending on what's in each. Alright, um, so is she like an audition thing, or can you just like show up? Well, so we have a tryout system, yeah. and um, tryouts are coming up in April. Uh, the way they handle it with COVID is you kind of, it's, it's a little different than it may usually be, because I guess everything is a little different. Mm -hmm. um, but we do it through a tryout system where, um, Tryouts are over a course of, I can't remember if it's like two to three days, but um, you go in and you learn the material that you are given. Um, so last year when I uh, came and tried out, I was a freshman last year, so I came and tried out for board cheer um, to be on as a sophomore. And the way tryouts work for me is you go and you uh, meet the coaches and you meet um, the people on the cheer team who teach you the material, which is like maybe a few chants, a few cheers and dance, and then you can show off like your tumbling, which I don't have, but you can show off your tumbling and your jumps and stuff. And um, it's really just showing off what you have. Yeah. Um, 
and you present like a paper that has like your leadership qualities or like stuff you maybe did in the past with cheerleading your experience. Um, so I wrote down as an example, I was uh, captain of the West cheer team for like a year and a half, which doesn't say much because junior high cheer isn't really anything. You're still captain, so but I was yes. I, so I wrote down like my eligibility to be on the team and like why I, I wrote like. You can write like a page of letter about why you should be on the team. Oh my god. So that's, that's more than I had to do for drum major. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and then over the course of the days after you learn the material, you go and then the last day is um, tryout day. So you're put into like groups of three. At least that's what, how we did it last year. And then they're like, uh, number one, show off your skills. Number two, show off your skills. So it just goes by that. And then usually they send out. Um, an email a couple of, like days later showing the results. So I got it when I was when I was at West. I got it in the middle of the school day. Oh, so I was gone. Yeah. I and to really close this out, and this is a make a big question really. Um, and there is a correct answer, as there always is. What's your favorite type of yogurt? Yogurt? Yogurt, um, yeah. What is your favorite type of yogurt and how do you consume it? Like brand or No 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 no. My favorite is whipped strawberry yogurt. What is that? Do not, okay, whipped yogurt is like blended yogurt, almost. Isn't yogurt blended? Well, okay, no. <laughs> I don't know how to explain whipped. Just look it up. You you know what whipped is. Um, anyhow, what is your favorite, what's your favorite type of yogurt? How do you consume yogurt? Okay, so, well, I consume yogurt with a spoon. Like okay, all right. Do. On a good track. Yes, and my... Favorite. I don't know if this is unpopular or not because everybody I've talked to likes them, but I like the Chobani flips. Chobani flips. Because it has yogurt and then it has this little compartment um, oh, that has no. like the toppings that you flip and over. It over. Into okay. It. And my favorite is the mint chocolate chip one. Okay. It's it's like it's like mint yogurt, but it's not like. Okay. It's good. You have to try it to know. I I will have to try it. Huh. All right, I'll get back to you on whether or not that's correct. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, thank you for uh, sitting down with me. Yeah. Um, I'm Carlos Delion. This is Claire Warnock. And uh, woo! Go boy! Excellent job. Hi, I'm Camille Schultz. I'm Katie Nyson. I'm Tommy Schmelzenbach. And we're here with Mr. Stafford. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, hi, I'm, I'm Mr. Stafford. I uh, the, am the computer science teacher, one of the computer science teachers here at, uh, at Bora High School and JV tennis coach for six years, I think. Awesome, and uh, how long have you been playing tennis? I've been playing since I was in the seventh grade. I don't know how many years that's it. I can't count that high. Uh, what's your favorite thing about coaching and what's the best part about being involved in the team? My favorite thing about coaching is just the level of development that, uh, that I'm able to see my students, my players um, get up to. At the beginning of the year, sometimes I have players that have never grabbed a racket before. Uh, and then by the, by the end of the season, we're gonna be able to rally and hit and really enjoy uh, the, the sport of tennis. So I really like seeing the, uh, just, the, just the amazing growth that my students have. What advice would you give to anyone who wants to learn how to play tennis? Find a racket, find a friend, and, and get out there. Um, really, it's, it's a lifelong sport that 
Uh, there's people in their hundreds that play this thing, and um, and kids, you know, as as young as three years old. I think Serena Williams has got her three-year-old out there hitting balls. So if you're interested in something, do, go try it. Right? It's a it's a really low floor, meaning you can just grab a racket and hit hit a ball. Um, so get a ball, get a racket. Uh, you can even hit up against a wall. Uh, don't hit up against your parents' garage door. They'll get upset, I know from experience. But uh, just go out and hit and try, just have fun. And uh, what are JV matches like? Uh, can you be more specific with what they're like? They're a lot of fun, I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, how many matches are there in a season and how are they run? Oh, gotcha. Um, so typically we play every 5A school in the Valley, some 4A schools as well, if we can get that scheduled and a, a couple of term, tournaments out in Parma. And uh, I know this might be a little uh, foreign if we don't know scoring in, in tennis, but um, this is kind of a, a scoring guideline for or, you know, how we score in tennis, but uh, we only play one set, okay? And a set consists of six games. And uh, the games, you know, uh, each individual game, you know, it goes 0, 15, 30, 40. So the first one to win, uh, win a point after 40 wins. We do not play deuce. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's first to six, and we call it no ad scoring. Cool. You mentioned tournaments. What tournaments is the JV team going to this year? The JV team is going to participate in both Parma tournaments. So Parma High School hosts every single year at least one tournament. This year, they're going to have two. It's just for JV. Um, and Parma, I, I don't remember exactly what division they're in. I think that they're 3A, maybe 4A, uh, but it's great exposure. Uh, there's a ton of teams from the Valley that go. Uh, they get uh, uh, teams like Nissa to come out, and um, it's, uh, it's a whole lot of fun. It's an all-day thing on, uh, on a Saturday, generally. Can you join the JV tennis team after the season starts? What do you need to join? Um, freshmen and juniors need a physical to join. They need to complete their athletic paperwork and they need at least 10 practices to play in our match. We have exactly 11 practices before our first match. We've already done two practices. So if we can do some quick math, if you join today, that would only be nine, nine practices. So you'd have to miss out on the first practice. But um, uh, can you start after the season starts? Yes, you might have to sit out on a couple matches though. Awesome, well thank you for your time. And if you're interested in playing tennis, come see Mr. Stafford. Um, in room 115. In room 115. <laughs> All right, that's cool. For our next segment, we are going to be doing a miniature debate to show people that aren't in debate how a debate may function. In that segment, there's some vocabulary that people may not necessarily know unless they're in debate. Some words that people may not know if they're not in debate are resolution. A resolution is the topic that is being debated. Uh, contention is a point being made in an argument to help your side win the debate. To negate is when you don't agree with the resolution to affirm is when you do agree with the resolution. A warrant is an explanation of the evidence provided. An off-time roadmap is um, giving a idea of what you're going to say in your speech. 
a flow a flow is how debaters take notes a and a flow is how debaters take notes and in this debate sometimes they may refer back to the flow so that's just referring back to the notes they take and the different points that were made throughout the argument and to break means that if you do well at a tournament you get advanced to the elimination stages hello today we're here with megan ward and sarah jane early and we're going to be debating the resolution Resolved, the U.S. federal government ought to fund paranormal investigation. I affirm the following resolution. Resolved, the United States federal government ought to fund paranormal investigations. I affirm this for three main reasons. The first is that prior to beginning this recording, my paper was sticking to the wall. The wall wasn't sticky. This isn't normal. There are ghosts here, and we need to do everything we can to mitigate this potential threat of ghosts in our school. We already have cockroaches and Cold War-era tunnels. We don't need ghosts, too. Moving on to my second point, which is murder. We need to mitigate the potential threat of ghosts. We cannot, under any circumstance, risk having death. And we all know that ghosts, not only are they dead, but they bring death. If you've ever seen a horror movie, you know the threat that dead people bring to living people. They make them dead. Moving on to the third and final point, which is that of science. We could learn so much from researching ghosts, but that research will only happen if we're able to fund this investigation. And we see that the U.S. federal government needs to fund these paranormal investigations so that we can see why my paper stuck to the wall, we can mitigate potential murder, and we can learn so much more. Thus, I affirm. Thank you. I negate the following resolution the United States government ought to fund paranormal investigations. Convention 1. Ghosts are friends. We do not need to waste resources on something that is not causing us any harm. Ghosts are friendly beings and therefore we don't need to investigate them because they are not causing our government any harm. Investigating goats equates to investigating kittens. What's the point? They're good. Convention 2. We should not expand law enforcement. Not to get political, but law enforcement in the U.S. is bad. Um, So let's just not do that, okay? We don't need another sector of law enforcement. And contention three is that it's infeasible. You can't put ghosts in prison. They can move through walls. If a ghost wants to murder someone, what are you going to do? They're already dead. So this is completely infeasible and ghosts can't be controlled, but it doesn't matter because they're nice anyways. I like ghosts. Negate. Since he spoke last, would you mind if I have the first question? Go for it. So going to your second point, is it necessary that we expand law enforcement for this affirming the resolution? I think so. The word investigation implies like criminal persecution. So I believe that would be in expanding law enforcement. Yes, may I take a question, please? Okay, so your second contention talks about murder. Do you personally know anybody who has been murdered by a ghost? Yes, my great uncle Larry was murdered by a ghost. Do you have a warrant for that? Yeah, me. I'm the warrant. He died. (laughs) Would you mind if I have a question? Go for it. (laughs) Uh, Are you in, in the negative world? Are we prioritizing imprisonment? No. No, we're not doing that. Ghosts can't be imprisoned. You can't put them in jail. They can walk through walls. Can I take a question, please? Okay, um, so you talked about science in your third contention. Does this require investigation? Why can't we just ask the ghosts ourselves? Well, clearly that hasn't worked in the past, so we need to do something so we can learn more about these ghosts. Can I have a follow-up on that? Sure. If you know that your great-uncle Larry was murdered by a ghost, like, how do you know that without the investigation? Didn't you just ask the ghost, huh, Megan? No, I saw the ghost murder my uncle, Sarah Jane. 
addressing my opponent's case, first looking at their first contention, stating that ghosts are friends. We have absolutely zero precedent for this. As mentioned, my great uncle Larry was murdered by ghosts. Furthermore, we have all of these horror movies showing us that ghosts are anything, but we must do everything we can to mitigate this threat. Moving down to my opponent's second contention, which was the idea of expanding law enforcement. They stated in the questioning period that investigation implies uh, increased law enforcement and implies that legal aspect. However, there is no reason to believe this. There is absolutely no reason to believe this is going to increase law enforcement or that this is going to prioritize legal aspects. Sure, that will be a part of it. Again, we must mitigate that murder threat. However, it is not the only aspect. And again, you can look to my second, or my, excuse me, my third point where we're showing that we're going to see this increase in science and this increase in research. Moving on to my opponent's third and final point, uh, they said that this isn't feasible. Look to Ghostbusters. They didn't put ghosts in jail. They put ghosts in cool, sucky vacuum things. We can do it. They did. This is perfectly feasible. We've seen this happen. We have this precedent. Thus, I urge you to vote in affirmation. We must further investigate paranormal activity. For a brief off-time roadmap, I will be going down the affirmative flow and then moving on to the negative. Starting on the affirmative flow, my opponent's first point of paper sticking to the wall. Again, this is not a bad thing because ghosts are friends. The ghosts that live in our school are our friends. Maybe they can help me on my tests. This is a good thing. This will flow neg. Moving down to their second point of murder, they had no evidence other than a personal account of a ghost killing their friend Larry. However, my opponent is biased because they are on the affirmative and they are voting against ghosts. So, anyways, moving down the flow, they, their third point was science. However, investigation implies criminal persecution and this is a bad thing. Also, moving back up on the flow to their second point of murder, like, honestly, if a ghost killed you, that would be kind of a cool way to go. Like, if a ghost really wanted to kill me that bad, I would consent to it. Um, moving on to the negative flow. Um, on my contention one of ghosts are friends, they said that I have zero precedent of this. However, they have no precedent of their murder point either. My best friend is a ghost. Obviously, this point flows through. My second point of not expanding law enforcement, they said there's no reason to believe this, but they also said that they mitigate murder, and they cannot mitigate murder without some sort of increase in law enforcement, which is a bad thing. If you buy that ghosts are murderers, it leads to an increase in law enforcement, which is bad. Moving down to the third contention of feasibility, um, they said that we can look to Ghostbusters. Ghosts are real, Ghostbusters are not. Also, even if you do buy this, we would have to increase taxes to pay for these cool sucky devices, which like, we don't want to do that. So we can see nothing but a negative ballot. There are three main points that this round has come down to. First, ghosts are dangerous. Look to my paper sticking on the wall. Look at my great uncle's murder. This is bad. Despite what my opponent may say, they are dangerous. Second, we are looking to science. With this investigation, we are increasing our knowledge. It doesn't matter if taxpayer funds are going to this. It counts because we are increasing global and societal knowledge, and that is absolutely key to progressing as a society and progressing as a people. Moving on to the third and final point, which is that of increased law enforcement. We are seeing a mitigation of murder, which is absolutely key. And furthermore, there is nothing that says that this must be an increase in law enforcement, thus I urge you all to vote in affirmation. Thank you. For a brief summary of the main points this debate has come down to, I give two points. First, ghosts are beautiful, friendly beings that should be left in peace. We don't need to investigate them, we should leave them be. Surveillance is inherently unjust. Voting neg is voting for the side of human rights. And the second point is feasibility. There is no way to mitigate this hypothetical murder that my opponent talks about without increasing law enforcement. Thus, we can see absolutely nothing but a negative ballot. Hello, thank you for listening all the way through the Boar Pridecast. Music from this episode came from pixabay.com and bensounds.com. From everyone at the Boar Pridecast, we thank you for your support. These have been Boar Voices.